BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome back to CBS Eye on Veterans. I'm Navy veteran Phil Briggs. This weekend, the National Memorial Day concert, A Night of Remembrance, airs Sunday evening on PBS. And it returns with performances and tributes from Washington, D.C. and all around the country. The all-star lineup hosted by Joe Montana and Gary Sinise includes General Colin Powell, Gladys Knight, Vince Gill, Sarah Bareilles, Alan Jackson, and the National Symphony Orchestra, and more. Actors Gary Sinise and Steve Buscemi both have parts in this Memorial Day weekend tribute, and earlier this week I talked with them both about their connection to veterans and the New York City firefighters on 9-11. Gary, how are you? Hey, thanks for having me, Phil. I'm, I'm good, thank you. Always love May because I get to talk to you and, of course, love the National Memorial Day concert. But before we get into that, I follow you on Twitter. And can I just tell you, man, there, not a month goes by that you're not doing something amazing for a veteran. And I know that, uh, was it just last month, I saw something really phenomenal about the Gary Sinise Foundation, and it shared a special moment with retired U.S. Army Staff Sergeant Jay Fondren and family. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, that's, uh, that's one of our home building projects. So actually it was the 70th home that uh, we have built. You know, we build these specially adapted smart technology homes for our wounded. Uh, we have a program at the Gary Sinise Foundation called RISE, Restoring Independence, Supporting Empowerment. And that kind of grew out of something I did, gosh, over 10 years ago when uh, I was approached in New York City to help uh, raise money with a concert to build uh, a specially adapted home for the first surviving quadruple amputee. Uh, He had been blown up in April of 2009 and lost both his arms and both his legs. He's from Staten Island. His name's Brendan Morocco. Uh, Uh, served with the U.S. Army, and I had met him actually just a couple weeks after he arrived at Walter Reed, and I was doing a visit there and met him, and then I was approached in the fall the following year when I was shooting CSI New York in New York, and I had raised money for first responders there and and whatnot, and uh, the commissioner of the fire department, Sal Cassano, came to my set and said, look, there's a soldier who lost his arms and legs. He's from Staten Island. We want to build him a, a special house. And I said, I know who, who you're talking about. I, just, I met him a few months ago. And so I ended up doing a concert and raising money. And then there was another concert for another quadruple amputee who'd been blown up named Todd Nicely, a Marine, and did a concert in the St. Louis area to raise money to build a special home for him. And then there was another quadruple amputee, John Peck, who lost both his arms and both his legs, and and, uh, we built him a home, and that all manifested itself into the creation of a program to provide these specially adapted smart technology homes for badly wounded service members. Jay Fondren served his country. Um, You know, here we are 70 homes later, and we just, uh, just welcomed his family 
in uh, in the Houston area into his new home. Uh, again, we're 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 doing about eight to ten homes a year uh, at the Gary Sneeze Foundation. You can learn more about that program by going to GarySneezeFoundation.org. And we've you know we've highlighted some of the service members that uh, that my foundation has helped on the National Memorial Day concert over the years. Uh, let's also chat about another passion of yours, and that's the children. Uh, I know the Snowball Express is something that's huge. It's even touched the lives of a very good friend of mine who took his last breath in the Helmand province of Afghanistan. And I know Christy and her family, uh, the kids just loved the trip to Disney with the Snowball Express. But as we celebrate how resilient these kids are, we also honored in April the fact that it was the month of the military child. You did some incredible work that I saw there and, uh, you know, the thousands of kids you've helped over the years. Oh, gosh. Uh, Snow, Snowball Express is a program of the Gary Sinise Foundation. I'm really glad that we, we highlight our Gold Star families at, on the National Memorial Day concert. Uh, we've done that uh, several times. We, we can never forget the sacrifices of these families. You know, after all, uh, on the National Memorial Day concert, we're honoring, this, you know, the fallen heroes. And our program, uh, Snowball Express, uh, got started by a couple of veterans who wanted to do something for the children of our fallen uh, Afghanistan and Iraq veterans. And they created a, uh, an event back in 2006 where they brought uh, about seven or 800 families to Disneyland in uh, Anaheim. And uh, I, remember, <laughs> I remember getting a call. And I was shooting CSI New York for CBS, by the way. And um, they they wanted to come and show me some video from this 2006 event that they put on for these children of our fallen heroes. And they showed me, and, you know, I had been involved with several several efforts to support the men and women who serve our country, was was actually looking for something, something significant to do for these children. And... They asked me if I would come and be a part of it the following year in 2007, and I donated my band and then came and entertained the kids. And for several years, I would just return to that event. Eventually, we wanted American Airlines was a big supporter of it, and uh, it provides all the transportation. We actually moved it from Anaheim to Dallas and did it in Dallas, uh, the hub of American Airlines, for several years. And then we wanted to move it to Disney World. Uh, we had to raise a lot of additional money to do that, so we decided to fold Snowball Express into the Gary Sinise Foundation as a program. And uh, in 2019, we uh, or 2018, we moved uh, to Disney Disney World and did it there. And we brought over a thousand children plus guardians, uh, you know, the surviving spouse or parent or whatever, to. Uh, to Disney, so you got 800, 1,800 people that we're bringing to Disney World. Obviously, it takes a lot to, to, to um, you know, provide hotel rooms and all the things for all the, all the folks. We had to mm-hmm. raise a lot of additional money to do it. And uh, we did that. We did it uh, at Disney for a couple of years, and then all of a sudden the pandemic. So we had to do a virtual event last year mm. uh, for this. We're hoping that this year we can return to Disney World. Indeed. It's not only uh, something where everybody has fun, 
but you've got all these kids that are from all over the country, and they've all lost a parent, and they come together, and uh, it's very healing, very bonding, uh, something that uh, that's very special for all these kids that because they all share the same thing. They've all lost a mom or a dad. And I saw the smiles firsthand on my buddy Ronnie's nieces and nephews and uh, just tip of the cap again just love that program and love what you've been able to do there uh the gratitude initiative something else that i've noticed you've been doing over the years and that's helping uh the older ones uh with college scholarships glad that you're supporting veterans in that way and uh lastly always get a lieutenant dan fun fact from you you must be my fngs morning sir oh get your hands down do not salute goddamn snipers all around this area who love to grease an officer I'm Lieutenant Dan Taylor. Welcome to Fort Platoon. I read that uh, Captain Dale Dye had a lot to do with kind of consulting on Forrest Gump, uh, the iconic movie, of course, from 93, back when uh, Lieutenant Dan was born. And he'd actually consulted on a lot of military films, like the iconic Platoon, where he put actors and such like Charlie Sheen, Willem Dafoe, and Forrest Whitaker through a grueling combat training with live ammo and real fear. And I read that he did that for the cast of Forrest Gump as well. Um, what was that like? Did you? No did you... Uh, he wasn't shooting at us or anything. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck was that like? And were the actors really frightened? Oh, that, no, no, it was great. We lived out in the woods uh, and uh, did training all day, and then at night they would, uh, you know, blow things up, and you know, I mean, it was. It was a real boot camp. It was it, it was very uh, educational and really helpful, I think, to get everybody in the spirit of of what it was like to be a platoon in Vietnam. I, I enjoyed it, and uh, and Dale was uh, you know he's a good friend, and and uh, and really uh, he was a big part of helping to create the military part of Lieutenant Dan. Outstanding. I've talked to him before and he's quite a character. I can only imagine what it's like camping with him with stuff blowing up. Um, <laughs> that would be fun. Um, share with me real quick. Was I there... want to do it again. <laughs> no, no, I don't think it's a camping experience anybody wants to repeat. Um, was there a real life veteran that worked with you to shape that character? No, just just Dale. I mean, uh, like I said, you know, I wanted to, uh, you know, I had to become uh, a platoon leader, the lieutenant, you know, giving orders and um uh, you know, running the platoon. So Dale was very, very helpful with that. Uh, the disabled, you know, wounded veteran part, I just, uh, I did additional research on that. Uh, I had met uh, wounded veterans uh, at the VA in the Chicago area and whatnot, and and uh, I have Vietnam veterans in my family. Uh, I was just motivated to do that you know, to make that character as honest and believable as possible. And what I love more than anything is here we are almost two decades later, not only still talking about it, but talking about the work that you've done and highlighting everything that you do continually to support the military veteran and the family and the kids. Gary Sinise, just an absolute pleasure. And I'm so glad that you are our host for PBS's National Memorial Day concert. So we look forward to seeing you there. And tell me once again, how do I find out more information about the Gary Sinise Foundation? You can go to GarySiniseFoundation.org. Gary, always good to talk to you, my man. Take care. Thank you. You bet. Now, in addition to honoring our fallen this Memorial Day, the PBS special will also recognize the 20th anniversary of 9-11. 
an event that inspired so many to join the military and even make the ultimate sacrifice for our freedom. The show will include a segment with actor Steve Buscemi, best known for roles in the film classic Reservoir Dogs. Why am I Mr. Pink? Who cares what your name is? Yeah, that's easy for you to say. You're Mr. White. You have a cool-sounding name. And the voice behind some hilarious animated characters like Randall in Monsters, Inc. and Wayne the Werewolf in Hotel Transylvania. You know, I haven't done this in years. We don't need to kill anymore. We have Pop-Tarts. But before his acting career took off, he was something else. A firefighter in New York City. Steve, how are you, sir? Good, Phil. How are you? Really good. And as we were riffing there when we first picked up, uh, it's so it's so fascinating that my kids are as big of fans of yours as I am. <laughs> so, Day has come when uh, <laughs> when people tell me that their kids are fans. I love it. Yeah, the, uh, and my four year old will be shocked when I show him Reservoir Dogs too. He'll be like, "That's the same guy." Wait. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Real quick, I, I, before we get into the firefighting thing, I was interested to read and learn that your dad was a Korean War veteran. So can I just ask, what did he think of you becoming an actor? And was it as awkward as the toast that Dave Veltri gave during his brother's wedding and the wedding singer? A little newsflash, Pop. <laughs> Harold ain't so perfect. Remember that time in Puerto Rico when we picked up those two... Uh... Well, I guess they were prostitutes, but I don't remember paying. Okay, how about that? How about that? How about that? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm a person too, Bob, <laughs> goddammit. Um, my dad was pretty, and my mom, they were pretty supportive of my interest in, you know, acting. And my dad was, you know, sort of instrumental in um, knowing, like, that there were acting schools in New York. Um, and But at the same time. He was on the sanitation department, you know, for 30 years. So he believed in the civil service and he made me and my brothers take whatever civil service exam came up when we were 18. So that's why I took the firefighters exam, because that's what came up when I was when I was 18. And uh, and he encouraged me not just to take the test, but to study for the written test, to train for the physical. And uh, so he was instrumental in me becoming a firefighter. And but when I told him that I was, you know, leaving the fire department to further pursue acting, I think he was really worried about me. Um, but, uh, um, but then, you know, in the later years, when 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 he saw that I was, you know, doing okay for myself, I think he relaxed about it more, and uh, he enjoyed it. You know, he and my mom would come to a lot of the early theater shows that I did, and come to, you know. Any set that I was working on that was in New York, they, they would always come. They loved it. Very cool. Very cool. Hey, let's talk about that connection to being a firefighter. Um, I know that 9-11 changed everything and certainly inspired generations of service to this country in the military. But uh, you were there. Um, t t tell me a little bit about Engine Company 55, Little Italy, and from what I understand, how you felt compelled to even go to the station after 9-11 and, you know, start working 12-hour shifts. Well, I went there. Yeah, I went there the next day after 9-11 just knowing that my company was at, had to be there because I remember when I was a firefighter, we would respond to calls at the trade center and it was hard to get it. I, you know, I tried calling them all day on nine 11, no, uh, no answer. And so the next day I just went there and, and I was able to work with them down at the site for a few days. And, um, which was a, 
a privilege to work alongside them. Some of the, you know, the members that I remembered that I had worked with in the 80s, and then to meet and work with the, the newer members. And, uh, and I'm, I hate the reason, but I'm so grateful that I now have another connection to Engine 55 and firefighters in general. And uh, in the last, you know, 15 years or so, I've been working with an organization called Friends of Firefighters that was started by Nancy Carbone, who saw this need in the firefighting community that what they needed was counseling and therapy because so many of them were suffering from survivor's guilt and post-traumatic stress. And so she started this organization that provides free mental health services, you know, counseling, therapy to firefighters and their families and members who are active and also retired. And I think the need is still there because, you know, after 9-11, you, you know, in the, in the years since, we've had so many 9-11 cancer-related deaths. This year, uh, with COVID, added another huge stress on uh, the firefighting and first responders community. And now with the 20th anniversary of 9-11, that's going to be a trigger because there's going to be you know, so much attention on, on that day. And so I think the need is even greater. So as the public, I think, you know, uh, we, you know, we, we can do our part, you know, to help those who are so good at, at helping others. And so if people are interested, they, interested, they can go to friendsoffirefighters.org, learn more about the organization, and if you can, donate. Very cool. Firefighting, police, law enforcement, and military have this unique angle, this unique perspective of life, and they get to see some things from the front lines that most Americans will never see, and that does have kind of a hangover, and it needs a little help occasionally. So thank you for highlighting that. They, they give of themselves. You know, they, they are in service, uh, you know, uh, and they are dedicated to protecting the rest of us, you know, the, and that, you know, we can sometimes take that for granted. So that's why it's wonderful that there's uh, this concert each year, the National Memorial Day concert that honors our veterans. And of course, I'm honored to be uh, doing the tribute to 9-11. And you can catch your commemoration of the 20th anniversary of 9-11 on the National Memorial Day concert, which will air on PBS Sunday, May 30th. Mr. Steve Buscemi, always great to talk to you and thank you for the great work you do on screen and to help those in the first responder community. Thank you, Phil. I appreciate it. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to Ion Veterans ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey.